O'Hara in uh, in Home Alone episode very quickly. Well, not far off from Katya's character. <laughs> oh, I would pay, I would pay a healthy buffalo nickel to see Katya play Catherine O'Hara's role in Home Alone. Yeah. Oh, completely. Or and- to just do a line reading from it. You know, I don't need her to be in the movie. You know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, ma'am. We'll send an officer over to your house to check on your son. <laughs> All right, ma'am. So we'll send an officer over to check us on check on your son. Uh, <laughs> God. You love the earrings. I, just, I mean, I know we're supposed to be talking about Drag Race, but like when Catherine O'Hara in Home Alone is such magic. You love the earrings. Oh, but you love the earrings. Oh, but you love the earrings. <laughs> oh, but who can tell? Yeah. And every moment with John Candy, like my favorite is still, I know, I'm sorry I did. Like when he says, well, you asked. <laughs> I love when she definitively says no to the open. yes with the hand with a small like, no <laughs> yeah or the clarinet yeah I can't yeah remember what it was yeah it was like a, it was like a clarinet yeah <laughs> uh all that to say uh this week we're obviously talking about the divine inspiration challenge from track race season yeah, seven of course and, and yeah. surprise surprise we're enamored with a drag queen playing a mom well, yeah. Okay, so there's the connection, a mom around Christmas, right? Like, there is a clear connection. We knew what we were doing the whole time. Yeah, yes, um, yes. Look at who, the tree. Yeah, Look at John the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was disappointing her child. Like, this is, it's all, <laughs> there's all total through line, you know? Um, Kevin! So, Katya! <laughs> we left him home again. again. Oh, my God. So, we're going to record our, Mary, is we're going to record our Matreon episode for Home Alone 2 after this. We haven't gotten to talk about it at all, but. No, no, um, no. It's going to be interesting. So um, <laughs> it's going to be Lucy and it's going to be Goosey. Oh. So because uh, what it's not going to be is a queer journey. So uh, <laughs> as we had theorized. I mean, Mary, don't hold your breath. I got some things. I got some mm. notes. Mm. <laughs> I got some oh, notes. she's got notes. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, got jokes. Oh, she's got jokes. You know, and the number one tell being that Kevin owned rollerblades. Oh, please. (laughs) That big queen with his rollerblades. Like I'd really shop at Judy's. At Judy's. Like I'd really be seen on rollerblades. No, the gayest thing about Home Alone 2 is how he was watching Uncle Frank take a shower. Yes, yes, yes. All the way, Mary. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I didn't didn't realize. I I didn't think I'd come in my pants so quickly into Home Alone 2. (laughs) I thought at least I had an hour in me, you know? (laughs) Let me get to Duncan's Joy Chest. (laughs) Oh, Mary, you're too quick. You're too quick. Well, Uh. you know, uh, cuts me to the quick. So, uh, so... I had chosen, like, to get us on track, um, I had chosen this clip of the week because I feel like, I I mean, I want to talk about both Kennedy and Katya, absolutely. But this section of of season seven, re the Katya storyline, is fascinating. Yes. Like, this is really her, like, I remember, and maybe maybe what I'm conflating this with a little bit is kind of like my own, like, personal experience watching season seven and like, Oh my God, Katya is really emerging and I love her. Um, like that feeling when you get excited about the one you like possibly doing well. Yeah. Or winning. Uh, yeah. Or winning yeah. like Sasha Valor, right? Right. And I felt like this is where it started to feel like it was happening. And then obviously next week she wins. Like, I don't know when we recap the episode, the episode when she goes home to me is like watching dancer in the dark. Oh my god. So I can't wait to like get to that one. But it's that trajectory of like, oh no. I think, you know, Mary, if I'm remembering correctly, did we meet each other when season seven was air? I think we did. And I remember I, I thought we did because I remember I watched the episode first and I didn't want to tell you that Katya went home. The reason why that is is because that's when I was in Peru doing ayahuasca. (laughs) (laughs) And that was one of the first things we talked about when I came back was like, don't tell me anything from Drag Race. Like, I may have been in Peru taking a very strong psychedelic for two weeks, but I still care about who went home on Drag Race. But it wasn't because of Katya, obviously. No, no, that, no. Katya had nothing to do with it. That was all circumstantial evidence. But I I was like, listen, I may have been having profound insights deep in the Amazonian jungle, but if you tell me Katya went home, I swear to God I'm never coming back. So that's... I, I I asked Katya. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I, I, I what? She went home. <laughs> I what? I what? <laughs> what? 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 I was Kennedy stayed. Yeah. <laughs> so well, well, she doesn't go home this week. Uh, there are many arguments why Katya actually should have won this week. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, but but Ginger, I we'll talk about Ginger when we get there. Let's focus on Katya. Uh, just to kind of piggyback onto your point about this being the episode where we start to really feel like she's emerging. I think it traveled into Untucked when she started reflecting on, you know, oh, well, I'm sober and oh, my God, RuPaul said that I'm addicted to anxiety and that was illuminating. And you start to hear her kind of like come out of it yeah well and i think untucked is an interesting um you know behind the scenes with katya because yeah you you see her kind of 
Uh, yeah, getting a bit more meta, but you're also seeing how the rest of the room is responding to her. Like, Ginger literally says, I wouldn't care if she won. You know, mm. like, you start, like, uh, there's something about Katya in the room that starts to kind of, like, I feel like galvanize is such, like, a drag race word because of Alaska, but it's the only word I can think of. Um, I am galvanized and ready. I feel like there's something about Katya that galvanizes as, like, oh, you're now the favorite. Like right. you're, and it's funny because it's like you know, the, she could she could be tap dancing across like you know across fire, and she couldn't get a you know get a win this week. But she was very clearly among fans and the rest of like the queens in the room, like the favorite. I mean, what she was doing in this cha cha heels. The things that she was adding that nobody told her to do. You know what I'm oh, saying, Mary? Yeah, well, I think what it was was, like, this was, like, I think about when Rue is doing the little kind of, like, uh, uh, they male. <laughs> that, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> they male, I love uh, that. Yeah, yeah. They male, when she was doing the they male. And, you know, there was very, anyone who knows John Waters, it was very clear that she was making references to him mm, mm-hmm. in what she was saying. And I feel like Katya and, like, Ginger and Trixie, like, picked it up right away. Right. And I feel like for someone like Trixie, it's like, whatever this challenge is, this is my wheelhouse. This sure. is what I do. I do gross drag. Yeah. Ugly pretty. Ugly pretty. 80% uh, gorgeous, 20% disgusting, or vice right. versa, depending on the request. And I think <laughs> that that was what was exciting about this week was like, this is everything Katya could do in her in her sleep. Yeah. And it almost seems like an extension of the character that she had last week with conjoined twins. Like it's that same Atlantic City woman. Had yes. she have a baby, you know? Oh, that yeah, that wow. Like she yeah. loves to do that. I I really love her YouTube videos as Trish. Have you seen those? No. Oh. It's just another extension of these women. It's it's genius. It's so good. It, it's where she says something like, I like a loose rug. And she's like tugging <laughs> at a rug in like a dressing room at Jacques. Like it's just, I like a loose rug. It's um, it's great. Anyone who hasn't seen, uh, what is it called? Uh, Irregardlessly Trish. It's like, there's like two episodes of it on her channel. We love Katya. It's amazing. I feel like when she has a martini glass in her hand, that's she will just do well always it's such a great prop oh having a prop yeah anytime she has like a prop and i love in irregardlessly trish that what it is is because it's set in boston it's like a like a large dunkin donuts like iced coffee cup and i think she has it in a styrofoam cup because that's what people do can you put it in a styrofoam yeah yeah can oh, you really? stick that a cup in a cup yeah yeah so they, she's it, like she's like melissa leo essentially in, in the in yes, the, yes, the fighter the fighter yes yeah. she's like one of the sisters in the fighter that's okay. literally what she is okay <laughs> yes oh i love trish oh i have to look that up Oh, it's I great. That up. It's this great. Is, this is a very Katya week. Uh, she was on What's the Tea with RuPaul. Have you listened? And, oh, yeah. Okay, Oh, good. yeah. Great, oh, yeah. right? Great so episode. Good. I yeah. Th- yeah, you were right. They should have their own show. Oh, they, it was just they were so on the level. I really, ex- I really enjoyed towards the end they were laughing about Katya not being on the apps because then Ru was like, oh, yeah, then you're chasing that dragon, dragon again. I know what that is. <laughs> and the knowingness of what it like, – I just love – they're like, girl – I've seen that demon. I know what that is. And like, Mm. I don't know, especially as a gay man, I love hearing other gay men be like, yeah, that's a dragon. Don't chase it. 
Wow. Yeah. Oh, and, and so pertinent, right? Because it is the apps and it certainly is an addiction. One that can like just ruin somebody for oh, sure. Oh, and one of those addictions that is just kind of like uh, accepted and apparently innocuous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's, oh, yeah. It, no, no one is going to try to stop you from checking your apps in public, but they will maybe stop you from doing heroin in public. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it it won't kill you. It could, you know, lead to other decisions that might kill you, but it certainly won't kill you. No, exactly. Right. It it, it fits in very well into the rest of your day, and that's the right. problem. Yeah. yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, no, it, that's a really great point. I think we've made it before, but like it is very socially acceptable at the gay brunch table for someone not only to be on the apps during the conversation, but to leave brunch early. To go yes. meet somebody else that that they have just met on the apps, and yeah. somehow that takes precedent of like, oh, well, there's the possibility of, and I would say sex, but let's just call it what it is, validation. There's a possibility of validation. I have to go. Sorry. That's an addiction. That's an that's addiction. an addiction. Yeah, yeah. I, you it know, interrupts your day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta say, being like, I've I've been off the apps now since like June, and it like when I think about them, like when I just try to like remember like really what it was like it's like oh god that feeling that awful feeling Ugh. i don't Ugh. miss that at all and it and and yeah it's just uh, they're not for everybody they're really not for everybody some for some people it they could just do it really easily and healthily and and it works for them and that's fine but yeah. there are i mean if you're like katya maybe if you're like me someone that like can get addicted to something kind of easily you know, it's it's like that's a that's going to be a problem. They're yeah. potato chips in the house. They uh, are potato chips in the house. Peanut peanut butter in the house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's no different. It's like if it's there, this is just the way God made me. I just I, I it's best that it's not in my life at all. Mm. Well, back to Katya. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's all relevant to Katya. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. Go on. Um, yeah. yeah, she was great on what's the tea. I. I just kind of loved how down to earth they were with each other. But I was also excited to hear that Katya is on AJ and the Queen. Yeah, I now sidebar, I am very excited about AJ and the Queen. Oh, Mary, Mary, Tia Carrere. The fact that Tia Carrere is going to be on it. Like, say no more. I'm yeah. watching it. <laughs> I, di I didn't get through her whole uh, episode of What's the Tea, but I appreciated the cultural inclusion, in term pop cultural inclusion oh, thank of you. Tia yes, Carrere. Yes, you know yes, what yes. I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I feel like AJ and the Queen is doing that. I don't know. Like, my gut is saying they're like, where is this music coming from? What references mm. do we need to honor here? Which actresses are do we need to give a role in this? You know and what I'm saying? So Michael Patrick King for yeah. sure. Yeah, and yes. that's like this is the the kind of content I want to see is a is a gay man with money and power who says which actress needs a needs a good role. Right. And would you call Ryan Murphy in the same kind of column there? I think yeah, yes, yes, totally. I think to a point right like I think he's creating those opportunities and like what he did with Jessica Lang is just magic you know oh yeah um, oh totally I just want to see more and more of it you know uh yeah AJ and the Queen I was thrilled with the trailer I think the little girl is going to be adorable and RuPaul is going to be great I I almost want to recap every episode but who knows maybe it'll be not that good you know who knows well what I, I was... definitely want to do an episode on it 
what I was thinking, you know, and this is a little producer conversation on air, is that maybe if it is really good, we could recap it on Matreon. Yes, yes. And, and then, like, over the their... summer, over the summer, release it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it'll yeah. be all just, like, there. So might as well. Yeah. So we'll do that. Ugh. That's a great idea, Mary. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited for it. I'm Me so too. excited for it. And I'm like legitimately excited to see like RuPaul acting. Yeah. It's like and like being funny and being dramatic because I I think that RuPaul has the capacity for really interesting nuances. Oh, she's a studied queen for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think she does really new. She makes really nuanced choices. I've seen like when she has to like act in moments on Drag mm-hmm, Race that I'm mm-hmm. like, I know that you're there's a gay whistle tone. You, you're a gay man. You know what to do. You know what I mean? What'll be interesting is RuPaul out of drag acting because the yeah. only only time I've seen that is on what was it uh, when he played the gay best friend. Uh, was it uh, what was that show uh, back in the nineties? Um, oh God! There was played, a... yeah, he played like a drag queen um, on a sitcom in the nineties, and like his friend, who's the main character, finds out that he's a drag queen. Oh my God! What was it? But anyway, also uh, obviously on the comeback, we saw him in that very little bit role. That's what I'm thinking of, and I always I love that scene. I remember him talking about that, and he said that. Um, Michael Patrick King had kind of told him, play it down. Like, mm-hmm, don't play mm-hmm. it up. Don't yeah. play the moment. Play it like – and I love those, like, acting – like, I love when I hear, like, rehearsals and an actor tells – or a director tells an actor to, like, cut it in half. I love that concept of cut it in half. Um, cut it you know, in have, half. Have you heard that? Oh, like, yes, cut yes, it in yes. half. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. I see right. What you mean. Whatever yes. you're doing, cut it in half. I love that. And I think RuPaul – I think feel like Michael, Michael Patrick King was, like – cut it into a quarter and just do that and <laughs> and it worked it just oh it uh, did it did yeah. yes when it, oh you have that show yes yes <laughs> yes exactly it was played down instead of mm. up he didn't yeah. take the note that he was supposed to be bothered by her you know what right. i mean right right uh the show was in the house with ll cool j because it's uh obviously i can't believe i forgot ll cool j because of oh um, what happened with ll cool j I want to hear about LL Cool J. Yeah, with Wendy Williams <laughs> slash Naomi Smalls. Um, yeah, there's some movie I feel like that RuPaul was in early. I think it's Blue Ribbon Blues. That's like it's all Ru out of drag. Oh, um, it was after In the House, but it's like a. Um, it's about uh, well, the description on IMDb. After attending his 23rd funeral for a friend with AIDS, Troy and his friends hatch a plan to steal the HIV drugs that they need. Um, mm. So it's kind of a. Um, an early Dallas Buyers Club sure. with Debbie Mazar. Oh, Debbie Mazar's in it. <laughs> and, oh my God, get Lipsinka out of drag. John Epperson is in it out of drag. Oh, maybe a Matron movie coming I, up. I Har- have to tell you, girl. Harvey Keitel's in it. I'm like, <laughs> is he? Yes. Oh, my. I'm God. looking at the cast now. Harvey Keitel and Michael J. Fox is in it. Madonna is in it. Oh, I Red Ribbon Blues from 1996. Roseanne Barr, Mira Sorvino, Mary, Lily Tomlin. We got to do this. What are you? I, this is not the same movie. It is blue in. Is it called Blue in the Face? No. Oh. <laughs> it's called Blue Red Ribbon Blues. Oh, there it is. I was Sorry. like, that all sounds great, Mary, and maybe we'll do that as well. <laughs> but that's oh, okay. not. That's Paul, not how you and Paul I Mercurio. sound. That's not how you sound when you and I hang out. Is all I'm trying to say. 
Uh, <laughs> oh my God, Mary, did you see the cartoon of the woods animals playing out that scene? I, I sent haven't it to you watched on it yet. I know I haven't watched it yet. I saw you send it to me. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna die. The nail at the end. You are gonna oh, die. <laughs> I can't wait. That scene. Oh, that scene. Uh, it's like it's like the. Uh, uh, guess what, Mimi? We did see. It is. It yeah. really is. It really yeah. is. And I think it's because of the ensemble quality that mm-hmm. there's Laganja freaking out. There's a door zone drama. There's Bianca having started it. There's Courtney uncomfortable. There's Trinity trying to calm it down. Like there's just so much happening. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so it's it's like a Neil Simon play. Yeah, just like all ensembled. Ugh. Ugh. Untucked as an ensemble drama. <laughs> Comedy, an yeah. ensemble comedy drama. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's let's veer back. Let's veer back to we Drag should. Race, um, and and talk about Kennedy in this scene. What are your thoughts on Kennedy in this scene? Well, th- so the reason, so obviously, there's so much to say about like Katya and just like being in her element. Whereas Kennedy, I would, I this I think is a is an interesting continuation of what we talked about last week where Kennedy was really talking about being you know a comedy queen versus a pageant queen and having to be funny and having to go like having to be gross or be ugly or be Mm. weird Mm -hmm. and obviously Kennedy was completely challenged with all of that this week you know from like the runway to the challenge and I think what I took away from this was I'm not I'm not saying that Kennedy was like amazing she was good she was really good she was funny she um, she met the brief, so to speak, as Jeannie would say, and her I, I, her runway is like the the birthplace of Kernity, you know? Um, right, that's right. the original Kernity. But to me, what really resonated was not so much as Kennedy nailing the nuances of John Waters, but Kennedy's commitment to to doing it. And that, like, this may not be her thing, but she never... She just does it. You know, like I know they kind of show her making like some quote unquote excuses in the rehearsal. But what I took away from this challenge was like Kennedy's commitment to just fucking doing it anyway. And there's little moments of this that I just like, I don't know. I just was like, good for you, Kennedy. You just took this challenge and you ran with it. So I totally agree. The The thing with Kennedy is I think she was highly limited by the singing and the fact that they needed to sing in this challenge because mm-hmm. Kennedy was doing everything else with her body. I don't think she was making excuses during the rehearsal. I think it was like an edit and yeah, she messed up on lines and we saw that and they mm-hmm. showed that. And I think they did some weird thing with the order of the tree falling. Like they showed Michelle saying this time we're going to do it with the tree, but maybe she didn't say that before. Like I, I do think that there was kind of this edit around Kennedy, but Regardless of all that, because that's just producer stuff, I, the problem with the challenge for Kennedy was that she was singing more than Katya had to. And Katya got to just perform. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so if Kennedy was allowed to do that, she was doing so much physically that mm-hmm. worked and totally worked and could have done a lot more with it and bounced off of Katya because Katya was at a 28 with the legs over her head both times. I mean, it was brilliant, but Kennedy was the one slapping her around doing the cha-cha. I, I, I loved Kennedy in it. Obviously there were two others that I loved more than Kennedy in this whole challenge, but Kennedy was great. She was just limited. 
I mean, when she grabbed the side of her nightgown and was doing that cha-cha-cha-cha-cha, <laughs> like, I was dying. And there was a nuance that I didn't notice until I saw a comment on YouTube when mm. she kicks off her, her slipper. Yes, yes, I was going to mention that. And it hits Katya in the stomach. Yes. That is so fucking funny. Oh, oh my God. Mary. There's that this, is so funny. There, there's this video uh, right now on Twitter somewhere. I saved it. I, I guess there's an account on Twitter like Girls Fighting, which mm-hmm. is I, – I don't love that, but there is one that I saw where this woman gets into a fight with another woman at like what looks like a post office. Mm-hmm. But so this this one woman, this like shorter white girl, she's like, don't touch me and like kicks kicks this other woman. She's this like taller black woman. And she then the, the black woman pr- proceeds to kick off of her shoes, put down her keys and then kick the shit out of this other girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know, I know that it's wrong or not wrong, but like <clears throat> it's weird juju to watch like people fighting. But like, yeah, I'm I'm going to say this up front. There there are subreddits on Reddit. There's one called Justice Served. There's one called Instant Karma. Sometimes it's just like, you know, public freak out like of watching people fight or watching people get taken down or like, you know, uh, you know, knock down a peg. Mm. And it's just. I don't know in these in these trying times in America. I need an outlet. I need someone yeah, to get th- some justice yes, in yes. this world. Yes, I. You know, it's so interesting. I was talking with Sister Mary Evan Ross Katz uh, on Instagram around that whole that whole incident with the boy in the classroom oh. who ended up who was like, uh, you know, come at me, come at me. What you gonna do? Come at me. Yo, know, don't don't step to me. Don't step to me. Like he had that like dialect on that was kind of cringy but anyway we saw the bully like totally instigate the whole thing and then get what was coming to him and people were cheering obviously the violence and you know Evan and I were talking about like yeah it's a little weird to cheer on this violence but the nuance that I found was like actually right now I think people just need this yeah I saw that and sure I feel the same way of like I don't want to like I can't I'm not going to say like oh I don't like it's 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 a problem if it happens to a gay kid, but if it happens to a straight kid, it's okay. Like I don't want to get caught in that, but yeah. like like you know, let's be real, girl. Like the the catharsis that I felt mm. on a personal and on a larger yes. level of watching this this gay kid as cringy as some of that like come at me, bro, shit. I'm like, okay, all right, sweetheart. You know, like step up to the streets, all right. <laughs> but like as cringy as that is, when he like when he you know. Slap the shit out of this kid I was like God this feels good Yes For once Like finally In my 35 years I want to see Pardon my French The faggy gay kid Slap the shit out of the bully Totally And you know what To be honest with you And here's just another nuance But as a teacher I'm like where the fuck was the teacher? The teacher should have had one eye in the classroom and the other one in the goddamn hallway. Like yeah. th- that shouldn't have happened in the first place for that that little boy, the little boy to like get that close to the other kid and call him a faggot and like all of that. Like none of that should have happened in the yeah. first place. So, mm-hmm. you know, when push comes to shove and there was a push and a shove, that's what happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll yeah. say this. I, I, whenever I see like, because I, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I did in fact, uh, gay rage out on someone once in eighth grade and did something <laughs> similar. Uh, 
I uh, oh, God. I was I was getting bullied by some. I was getting bullied a lot, like sixth through eighth grade, and I was you getting, were. Like, I know you were, <laughs> and so like I was getting like harassed by these kids in my class. I remember like shoving one of them and like telling the ones to fuck off, and I was like really upset. And I got on the school bus. And there were these like two kids and they were, and I was like, they were like laughing about something and they were like picking up my energy. And I was just like, don't fuck with me right now. Do not fuck with me. I do not want to be fucked with. And mm. I like sat down and I was really upset. And then I saw them kind of whispering at something, whispering about something. And then the one said something and I <clears throat> like <gasps> lost my shit and I got up and I beat the shit out of them. Oh shit. And I've never done it before. So I like very viscerally remember I just pound and I didn't, I, I remember not knowing how to beat someone up. Wow. And I didn't know how to do it. So I just pounded my fists into him like over and over and just kept hitting him. Um, and oh my then, God. It's like that scene in Pen 15. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> kept hitting him. And then, of course, I sat down and I was like, and I said, I told you, don't fuck with me. And then I started crying because <laughs> I'm gay. And uh, don't fuck with don't, me, fellas. Yeah. I, and that's what it was. It was my Joan Crawford moment. I was like, I told you, don't fuck with me and i saw you i saw you which is wherever that's from uh and of course like this kid's mom like worked for the school and was like a teacher's assistant or whatever and oh, so i was wow. like fuck i'm in so much trouble well fast forward i like had a meeting with the vice principal and i thought i was fucked and she said i'm really sorry you had to deal with that next time you're getting bullied just come talk to me and that was oh. it. So that's the end of that story. So it ended up really well. And the kid never fucked with me again. Of course he didn't. Well, you know, what's interesting about that little boy on, uh, you know, that went viral is I guess the school expelled him or, you know, whatever, uh, gave him a home detention. Or what do they call it? Uh, suspended. Oh, yeah. And suspended, yeah, the, yeah, the parent, the like the mother pulled him out of the school and was like, hell no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just very interesting. Uh, and again, like there are multiple perspectives to that. And we're just kind of riffing on one of them because Kennedy kicked her shoes. Yes. Katya. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, gays will slap back. Don't you fuck with us. Mothers on Christmas will slap back. Yeah. Sometimes you got to slap back, you know? <laughs> Well, only if it's safe, obviously. Only but, if it's um, safe. I say that, you know, very broadly, but yeah. uh, and it doesn't have to be physical. There's a lot of ways to do that, you know. Well, and you know what's so interesting about this scene is I when I think about the John Waters challenge, I think about this scene first. And then mm -hmm. I'll remember, oh, but Ginger won because Ginger looked exactly like Edith Massey. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Like I so I just we just did so with with Johnny from that spooky, we did that female trouble um, oh. on in the details. And so kind of like, obviously this, that scene is not from female trouble that Ginger was in, but Edith Massey is in that as well. And we talked a lot about Edith Massey and just kind of like her energy and like what, like the, the character and the personality of Edith Massey and how that showed up in her characters in the movie. Um, and I think that Ginger did a pretty good job of nailing that but i feel like there is a there's this certain thing that katya does that ginger doesn't do that gives me that john waters flavor yes. do you know what i'm saying I, yeah and and again i'm gonna bring back kind of my thesis for this episode the singing and the music actually limited these 
drag queen drag performers from going to their full potential because if ginger didn't have to sing the eggs song yeah i feel like she could have done more to channel more with the edith massey and it would have been really really amazing yeah some of the face the face facial expressions and face work she was doing was great yeah uh but yeah no i agree i think that actually you know even though people think of hairspray and like the musical John Waters and like the John Waters era that they're, they're channeling is like the antithesis of a musical. It's like a totally different tone. Yeah. It doesn't lend itself to any of that performative element. Right. In fact, it's that feeling that these are non-performers performing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that they were given a script and maybe they're, they weren't given a script, you know? Well, so that was a thing that I, so I did not really know all this. So, Johnny from that spooky was saying that a lot of like, you know, what we see in like female trouble and pink flamingos and desperate living, like even though these were non-performers, like with the exception of Mink Stoll, who was like the serious actress of the bunch, Mm -hmm. um, who you and I both love, um, John Waters, you pig fucker, um, (laughs) that John Waters would rehearse like relentlessly with them and was like a perfectionist Mm. about getting it right, so. What's interesting about like his movies is that you're watching it and it feels kind of slapdash and kind of like random insanity in the bowels of Baltimore. But in fact, all of it has been thought through very carefully. And I guess like in in retrospect, it's like, well, yeah, he had a very specific vision and it came through. You can't trust luck for that. Right. Right. Um, But I feel like that's the magic of John Waters is that it was so rehearsed and so thought through and felt so slapdash. And I think to try to translate all of that into then a musical is just impossible, except for Katya. Uh, And Hairspray, obviously. Uh, Well, Hairspray, I feel like Hairspray is like a more like cleaned up. Like I would never think Hairspray and Female Trouble were from the same universe, you know? Oh, I see. Yes. Oh, yeah. I hear what you mean. And I'm not even talking about the musical, like the rewrite musical. I'm talking about the John Waters. Yeah. That that did feature music. But yeah. Uh, Like that era of John Waters. Yeah. yeah, Hairspray certainly sticks out completely. It was Mm -hmm. like one of the first times where the drag queen wasn't the female, like the main lead. Ricky Mm -hmm. Lake took over as like the drag queen, quote unquote, uh, starting a long line of succession. You know, obviously, you know, Tracy Ullman and uh, our favorite uh, from Serial Mom. Uh, Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner. Exactly, Turner uh, playing the drag queen, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, this was an interesting challenge. I, I have to say I'm so happy that John Waters was a judge. I'm happy that they paid homage to Divine and all of that. You know, part of it is also educational to keep these references alive, right? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the musical part, I was like, oh god, it's so, it it's it's not even bad, good, right? It's just bad, bad. Yeah, I mean, certainly poo. I mean, besides my own feelings on I know um, poop related things. Um, besides the fact that here, as much as I'm not like a poop joke aficionado, I feel like the the architecture of jokes and the architecture of of language and and whatnot. The word poop is funnier than the word poo. Agreed. Agreed. Because of the schwa at the end of poo. Yes. Yeah. Like the the poo is such like a lazy, lame, flat joke. Mm. Poop is funny. Yes. Poo is not funny. uh, I feel like poop is more of the onomatopoeia. 
Yes. Where I feel like exactly, exactly. And I even think when someone said like crap is funnier than shit. Poop is funnier mm. than poo. And again, this is the territory that I try to stay out of, but if I have to comment on it, like I noticed this I noticed this when I was in Australia. I felt like poop jokes were always with the word poo. And I was like, oh God, you guys, that extra P really makes a difference. Yeah, it does. It does it makes it a little bit more manageable, I think, for everybody involved. Well, I like a sense of completion, you know. <laughs> That's Mary, why I have a squatty potty. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. A woman. Um <laughs> Before we go on, we're, you know, very far into this episode. Let's just get the intro out of yeah, the way yeah. and tell our Marys what they are listening to. I mean, 35 minutes in, if you haven't figured it out at this point, you're listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. Uh, which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this speedy beauty TV show. I'm Johnny, and Deeper is not funny. And I'm Colin, and eggs, eggs, eggs. All I want is eggs. <laughs> oh, uh, Mr. Eggman. <laughs> oh, Mr. Eggman, bring me my eggs. Why won't you bring me my eggs? Why won't you bring me my <laughs> eggs? Uh, and uh, this week, we are, of course, continuing our continuation a year later of our recap of season seven of Drag Race. And we are talking about the Divine Inspiration episode, which is the John Waters uh, musical challenge. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, feel like, I feel like we're just kind of having a nice kind of off-season chat. So I hope you Marys don't mind. It's a little unstructured. We're I don't, going yeah. everywhere. I'm into I, it. I'm having I'm a good not, time. I'm not looking for a play-by-play. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, thanks for the play-by-play. What's that from? Oh, uh, 13 going 30. 13 going yes, 30, yes, yeah. Because yes, yes. they got these great boobs, you know. <laughs> so Good luck these... with fractions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> love is a battlefield. Um, uh, so, uh, I, uh, a cringy moment, because if we're going to talk about the w- the poo in a second, yeah. uh, RuPaul saying... In, you know, when season seven came out, right? Because you think of the year. What was it? 2015? Yeah, I think so. Yes, it was 2015, yeah. Her saying, hashtag John Waters forever. (sighs) It just reminded me of my mom saying, like, a new hip word. Yes, (laughs) I know, I know. Totally, totally. It's it's moms trying out, like, it's like your mom saying YOLO. Right. Oh, my God. I would die. die. So, l- yeah. wait, listen, listen. Mary, I texted you about this, and I I still cannot remember. What is the word that Michelle Fissage tried to make happen that also kind of made me cringe? Oh, oh, I, I must – I think I was drunk when I got that text because I had a lot of holiday parties last week. So I thought you – I didn't realize you were asking me in that text. Um it's, I wasn't uh, really. I was just like, maybe he'll respond. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was definitely drunk at a holiday party. Um Sitch, oh, lich, no. lich, 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 meaning literally, yes. literally. Right. Oh, it's yeah. lich. <laughs> you just... I mean, don't get me wrong. I after the fifth time, I found it really adorable, and I was like, yeah, okay, lich. I love you, Michelle. But yeah. the first few times, it reminded me of my mom saying YOLO or RuPaul saying hashtag John Waters forever. Yeah, I know when that happened because. It's so often now the hashtag is hashtag drag race. Right. That it or, feels yeah. it feels so like okay yeah that I don't know which one I prefer, but I I feel like what I prefer is the funny hashtag. And 
that's neither of these options. Yeah, this wasn't even funny. It wasn't um, even funny. She was doing this like forever because she was doing a hashtag. And I feel like RuPaul was like, what? What do I have to do? Okay. Oh, like like it was this thing that the kids are doing. So RuPaul's like as if RuPaul was talking about Snapchat filters. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hashtag puppy ears. Here comes I mean, my tongue. Yeah. And again, it's. It's it's very endearing, and I would find it endearing if it was somebody else's mom saying YOLO, right? But mm-hmm. if when like when RuPaul needs advice on how to use Instagram from Michelle, and Michelle's like, okay, I'll teach you, I'll teach you how to do it. I, you have to press this button, you have to do this, and you know RuPaul's struggling on what's the T. Like it's adorable. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I I feel like you should really lean into what you don't know and like just own that. Like I know that I don't. I don't necessarily get Snapchat. You know, I got to figure it out. I'm not stupid. But, um, yeah, I like RuPaul embracing that he's, like, 60 years old, you know? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, so uh, let's go Let's go back to the poo. Uh, yeah. It was, it was the worst written of all three of them, right? I just, like, stopped watching that clip because it was just, like, so irredeemably bad. Like, yeah, the writing is not good either. Um, I don't think they could have done anything to make it... Like, if that was Ginger, Katya, and Trixie, I don't think it would have been good either. I, it would not have been... It wouldn't have been amazing. It still would have been like, eh. Um, yeah, I... I don't know. I There's... I don't know. I, I guess I feel like... It's, I guess it's just like a, it's a one-note joke. Maybe that's the problem, right? Is that I feel like Cha-Cha Heels, there's a whole bit there that they kind of did. You know, that there was a lot they could work with. There's the shoes. There's the tree. There's the mom. There's God, there, there's there's Kennedy being upset. There's the kicking the shoe into her stomach. There's a lot of things <laughs> to play with, you know? And even right. eggs. There's a lot they can play with there. Just the fact they yeah. have fucking eggs to play with. With this, all they have to play with is poop. Yeah, and there's only a dog, a stuffed dog on stage, and it's an angel and a devil, and they're, like, pulling Dawn or Violet uh, both ways. It it didn't go anywhere either. So, like, not only did it not go anywhere physically, but it also verbally, it was just like, do it. No, don't do it. Do it. Don't do Mm -hmm. it. Okay, I'll think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Not, not good. good. And narratively, I think the first two kind of honored, like, the spirit of John Waters' movies and those stories, whereas the third one, like, there's no debate as to whether or not she should eat the poop. And Pink Flamingos, it's like, I'm going to be shocking. I'm going to eat the poop. Yeah, there, she I does don't, it. I don't feel like there's this moralistic thing. So it takes it out of also like the world of John Waters. Right, exactly. By making it this like, should I or shouldn't I? Like there's right. no question of that in that world, right. you know? They could have chosen so many other movies to do a little parody of, but instead they chose two Pink Flamingos movies. It was just a little surprising. And I feel like those three drag queens got the no pun intended, shit end of the stick. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, like, can you imagine if there was a Serial Mom song? Oh, my God. Right? Oh. Like, if it was the prank calling scene, I would have died. Oh, it, yeah. It's, there's so I feel like there, like, Serial Mom, there's so much to play with. Pussy Willows, Dottie. Yeah, yeah. they could have done that whole scene. Well, and that's where it's like, man, if they could have had Kasha Davis come back and do uh, that suburban drag. Uh, 
it's just like that's the kind of stuff where it's like, oh man, that that recipe would have been so good versus like these three beauty queens trying to like find the funny, you know, in like a not very funny script. And to, on that point, these three beauty queens not being funny, I don't think it was all their fault. And to fame's credit, fame was going completely over the top. Yes. I think that this is consistent with Miss Fame. She's like, I'm going to give you a shit ton of content. I'm going to take RuPaul's advice. I'm going to play it to the back row. You let me know. I'll take it back. You know? Right. right. And whereas Pearl, I mean, this was like so clearly not her thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and no and, shade to Pearl because, again, like I have my own thoughts on Pearl. She didn't have a very easy role and this is not her thing at all. Right. Right, like I recognize that, and like I think even Violet, it's like I think I could see them both trying. Um, I say, I mean, I could see all three of them kind of trying, but yeah, I mean, this is like you know, you think about so many examples, right? You think of like the All Stars two like challenge the, the queens from of history with Katya's princess mm-hmm. die. It's mm-hmm. like there's nothing you could have done here. This just sucked, you know? Right. Um, or the All Stars three, uh, my best girlfriends. Drag race superstar oh. <laughs> queen wedding. Uh, yeah. There's nothing yeah. anything any of them could have done to save that. You know, right, right. I I I felt for them. I will say, putting Pearl and Fame in the bottom made sense to me though because of their runways. Their runways were gorgeous. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Like if, if the rule is to look ugly, they look the best. They were yeah. Gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, like I think John Waters says to Miss Fame that she needs ugly lessons. And I think yeah. that's I think it's a that's a really interesting observation. I think like there's an example where Katya really like nailed it and like um you know, even Ginger, I mean, I would say like Ginger and Katya like got the idea, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, right. no, you, you need to, you need to feel ugly. Like, right. Th- it, like this is, this is not ugly. Right. Yeah. Trixie almost got there. Trixie gave me tacky, but yes. it, it still lived in a world where like actually somebody did wear that when it was a little chic in the eighties. Right. Yeah. Like I think that an ugly dress, it's like, yeah, you've got to take it so much further than mm. like I I feel like um Trixie and Kennedy took it to these like places where it was like yeah, you're not yeah, it's tacky. wrong. There you go. Right. You're playing the character. You're not, yeah, yeah, like hideous, ugly, disgusting, awful dress. Mm. Would I wear it? No. But, you know. <laughs> well, and that's why Violet it was so interesting watch hearing the queens kind of debate about Violet's yes. ugly look because it was ugly. It was very ugly, but for some reason Violet has this amazing ability to just sell everything. Yeah. Like she sold that garment. Yeah. I actually really, you know, I mean, God, this takes me back to Drag Race Thailand. Don't be pretty. Don't be pretty. You right. Know, like, right. I right. love the challenge of don't be pretty. Yeah. Like, get ugly. I actually think like from a, from an all right Mary kind of lens, the idea of asking queens to get ugly, asking queer people to get ugly, you know, mm. to feel ugly, to look ugly, I think is a really fascinating challenge. Yeah, it's it's why we love Dragula, right? We're yeah. like, yep, be the monster, Val. Be yeah. the monster. You're the yeah. monster. And I, I mean, <laughs> obviously, everybody contends with this. Straight women face this pressure every second of, of, of like how to appear to the world. Um, or I should just say cisgendered women, excuse me. But like, um, 
I feel like for queer folks, I feel like for gay men to get real, real specific, the idea to look deliberately ugly is anathema to anything we normally do. Yeah, there's one night a year where it's sort of accepted, but even for women, you can't even be that ugly on Halloween. Uh, yeah, no, totally. It's you still have to be like a sexy nurse. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. SantaCon, SantaCon just happened this weekend, and the men get to wear these huge fucking suits, and the women have to wear these skimpy little outfits in the snow, in the cold, and I'm just like, I, I can't get behind this at all. I know, I know, I hate it. There were pictures online. I didn't look at all of them, but I saw a few from SantaCon. And what frustrates me the most is like these, like just disgusting frat boys in Mm. like Christmas sweaters that say like snowballs deep and things like that. And and what's so like vile and awful about them is that I just would totally let them do whatever they wanted for 45 minutes. Yeah, you do it. It just makes me so mad at myself because they don't deserve (laughs) this. But like my programming is so fucked up that I'm like, Uh. ugh. That douchebag can have my house keys if he wants them. <laughs> I hate it. I just hate it. I uh, I think there is a line with me to an extent, but uh, yeah, for the most part, that that holiday, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm torn about it because at once I'm happy that there's a t- another time of year that mostly straight people, again, mostly straight people. I mean, let's be real. Can get dressed up. And act a fool. I think that's fine. I also think it's great economically. People are out spending money in the winter, visiting local bars. You know, I'm kind of like, great. That that all seems positive. But there's a culture around it. Not only a gendered culture that I think is fucked up, but just the debauchery. They are – SantaCon is one of the most – in my like, queer opinion, one of the most dangerous times for me to go out because mm-hmm. there's drunk straight people everywhere. Oh, and God, I, I don't yeah. mix with that. I don't mix with that well. No, no. If like on Saturday, I had I had my company Christmas party on Thursday, and then John's company Christmas party on Friday. So by Saturday, my my tank was the Sahara. I was like, nope, I am staying home all day, and. Uh, it's like you couldn't pay me enough to go to the heart of Murray Hill on Saturday mm. um, or wherever. And because it's like, I, yeah. I had to be by West fourth street. I had to be by uh, NYU Ugh. on Saturday. Uh, and I went there at like five 30 and there were still people out. I'm like, what, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> just die already. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, just, kidding. Die, I'm just kidding. Die. I'm just kidding. Again, uh, like people, there are people that do SantaCon and they do it great. They do it well. They go out, they have a great time. They dress up and it's really fun. And there's a, a smaller contingent that act terribly. And vomit on everything. Yes. And destroy McDonald's. And yep. Yeah. And, and I, I just... I don't know. I hear what you're saying. It's great for the economy, blah, blah, blah. I guess I kind of feel like, in contrast, gay pride is a similar event, and it's not known for being a destructive event in the city. We may have a good time, but no one's going to poop in a mailbox. I don't know, Mary. I I wouldn't speak too soon about that. We don't- Gays will not poop in a mailbox. Uh, you don't know that, Mary. 
Gays don't even poop. I don't know. What about gay women? What about women? They women. would never. They would never. They're better than gay men. They would never. Like who? Like like women? The like only women? the only gay people I like more than gay men are gay women. That I cannot agree more. Oh. Um, uh, like at all. I cannot to say agree nothing more. of folks who are like gender yes. schmender. I yes. love that too. I yeah. just yeah. It's like gay men and then everyone else. Uh, yeah, and I guess the jury's still out on whether gay pride is just as destructive. I guess because it's organized, there's less of a chaotic feeling to it because SantaCon is basically completely disorganized. It is run by people and Facebook groups. They need a gay. They need a gay to get in there. And (laughs) remember that video of like the office gay? (laughs) And he's like going to the printer. He's like, move, I'm gay. (laughs) They need an off. I I think about that all the time. Move, I'm gay. Uh, (laughs) I just love the office gay. <laughs> they need an office gay to come. Be like, Excuse me. I, need, I have a clipboard. I'm sorry. I have I have a permit and a clipboard. And I have a and I have a one of those things that keeps my phone on my hand. What are they called? Uh, I forget what a those stomper are jumper, a, a turtle. I don't know what it's turtle called. Turtle burtle. Yeah, yeah uh, I have no idea. Uh, a ring topper. <laughs> what are they called? A ring I'm, topper. That's gonna, a sex toy, Mary. Uh, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> Like a ring stretcher is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Paging Lola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mary. Uh, let's move on from SantaCon. Let's let's go back into this episode. Uh, Pop we, socket. Sorry. <laughs> Pop socket. Okay, great. <laughs> Pop socket. Gene Stapleton. Gene um, Stapleton. <laughs> Stapleton. <laughs> I just I couldn't. I would go crazy. I'd keep thinking it was fidget spinner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fidget spinner, yeah. In the house, LL Cool J, right. Yeah, um, yeah. Blue in the face. <laughs> Lily Tomlin's in it. Oh, all right, Mary. Um, so we have uh, the reading challenge. Um, I oh, think, that's right. I think uh, Katya should have won, if I'm just going to like give my stupid opinions. Katya should have won, and Trixie was very funny, but Trixie won because of the story that Trixie came back. Yeah. Yeah, it's God. Th- this reading challenge was um, kind of cringy, but yeah, Katya. Oh God, Katya was great. Katya really embodies like the best of reading. It's like when a queen is reading you, and the whole time you still know that she likes you. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. Fame you know? was fame was what made it cringy, right? I mean, it was just. Ugh. What are you talking about? Ben yeah, because Ginger was funny. I remember Ginger, I think, being pretty Yeah, good. and I thought Violet was funny. I, they were all yeah. funny. Kennedy was funny. Yeah, hot glue. Yeah, Violet's, that, Violet's hot, hot glue joke. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, this isn't the reading challenge, but just thinking of Ginger, it's just making me think of, like, Ginger and Katya, like, bantering when they were smoking during Untucked. Oh, I love that. I love like, that. Like, that to me is, like, that's, like, genius dialogue in a play like they were so or like genius improv Mm. they were just it's like it's so rare to find queer people who are listening to each other in a conversation that it was so refreshing you know what did you say sorry i wasn't listening exactly exactly sorry i was just thinking of what i wanted to say next (laughs) anyway what i was just thinking no i i agree the untucks in season seven as we were saying last week like this this season was how I want it to be. Yeah. I remember even when it aired, I'm like, ooh, I love this. Yeah. There's that moment when they're outside where they're like pointing to the guy in the jeans on his phone mm. who's from the crew. Like they get really uh, untucked about it. Yeah. And it's 
great. It's yeah. so fun to realize these are just yeah. a bunch of like professional performers in drag waiting to go back on set. You know? Yeah, and Miss Fame uh, coming out and then being like, Mrs. Doubt, <laughs> Doubt, your realness. <laughs> That was great. Oh that god, was great. and just that that whole it was it seems almost like staged, but like fame just like not looking at them and like uh-huh. snubbing them and Pearl uh-huh. going like everybody stop talking. Stop talking. <laughs> stop talking. Everyone stop talking. Yeah. Oh my god. It's, it was so good. It was yeah. so good. <laughs> I will and say she I comes back. Oh, oh my god, she comes it was back. So good. Yeah, it happens twice. Yeah. Um on that note of Pearl, and we are totally jumping around all over the place. That's okay. I vaguely remember when we were talking about the season a year ago, coming to this realization, and I'm feeling it a lot again this episode. Obviously, they make a big point of it this episode, of like really seeing, like not realizing what Pearl was giving off and reading it as that she didn't care or that she mm. like was like too cool for season seven. Right. Like, I get it now. I get it. And oh, I'm okay I, with it. Yeah, you know? I loved. I loved when Katya said it, and even Trixie said it, being like, "Pearl, you are so chill under even the biggest pressure." Yeah, and it's admirable. Like I, I wish that I could be this chill in this competition. It's it is genuine in the sense that it's not that she's too cool. It's just like she's like, "Yeah, I can do this." Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's like this is literally who I am. I just I, I. This is it. This is what you're getting. And I just, I think that that, I remember not fully seeing how interesting she was and thinking that Pearl was boring and was sleepy and didn't have much of a personality. And it's just like, it's all in the nuances with Pearl. And I, I, I appreciated, especially Untucked this week, kind of the emphasis on, okay, this is, this is just who you are. And like, it's valid. You can be a quiet queen. That's okay. Yeah, and they didn't even show her lip syncing, you know, or practicing mm. at all. Like she was just like, "Yep, all right, well, yeah, yeah, I we'll th- see what I, happens." Th- yeah, you know, and uh, man, and then you know, on the other side of the spectrum, um, it started in that moment in the mirror in the workroom when Fame and Pearl were kind of bantering yeah. back and forth, uh-huh. and Pearl's like, "Yeah, Fame, you know, she can get read by any other queen, and it's really cute, but when I read her, like." she gets all tense mm-hmm. and I think even fame is like, she says to Pearl, she's like, yeah, I'm really sorry. I'm just like so stressed out. Like this is getting to me and you know, you you're totally fine now. Um, mm-hmm. And then it untucked. She just kind of breaks down. She starts crying uh, at the thought that she should have been rooting for herself and perhaps not Pearl as much. And when ginger said, get it together, Mary, I was like, well, She's succeeded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I think all of that with fame, I mean, fame, Miss Fame, Mary Louise fame, just yes. Mary Louise fame. Fascinating. I mean, a great, great character. Yeah. I don't think people maybe really recognize like she's like a fascinating reality TV character because she is this, she looks like this cosmic ice queen and there's so much sensitivity and vulnerability and yeah. humanity underneath. And she she has no choice but to show it like she can't hide it and i think that um sort of uh involuntary vulnerability internally <laughs> com- matched with this like perfect perfect illusion yes is perfect. just like really fascinating you know yeah 
I just loved watching her cry. I mean, and not that I loved watching her cry, but like I, I love seeing her just be totally open. And she's such a little goose. She's yeah. so fucking sweet. And mm-hmm. so, of course, when all of the queens are like, yeah, fame's done. Fame's done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get rid of fame. I was like, man, she cannot handle this. So, of course, what does she do? She attacks Pearl because she's like, well, Pearl didn't even want to be here. And I was rooting for her. Right. Right. Like she just has to find somewhere. Some somewhere to thing. hit. Yeah. Somewhere to hit to have it not just sit with her. Uh. Um when she was crying and she had the little teardrops on her face. Yes, I know. It made me think of Kim Chi crying. I know, I know. As I the cloud. Right there. Yes. Like <laughs> queens crying and crying illusions. <laughs> <laughs> like, do we have any other of uh, queens crying you know, and crying the illusions? I, the one I think of is actually Trixie during the All Stars 3 finale during Wrecking Ball. Mm. Her, her makeup as the clown. She's a clown, but she's crying as a clown. Yeah, during that song. yeah. I think there, where it was kind of like you couldn't tell what was the crying clown and what was the crying Trixie. Yeah, it was like <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, queens crying. I just ugh. <laughs> queens crying. Queens crying. <laughs> That's such a great thing to say. Queen's yeah. crying. Well, and, and that makes me think of then like detox in that mini challenge when they were supposed to pretend oh, to yeah. be crying and then she's right. really crying. Ah, ah, ah. When real so tears good. emerge. Ah. Uh, when real tears. Yes, exactly. When talking she's through, like, I'm sorry. Talking through like, tears. Yes, I can't do this. Yeah. Dragging through tears. <laughs> Drag- I, love I love it. it. Dragging through tears. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they weren't in. They weren't in drag during that mini challenge. To be fair, but no, well, no, no, no. They were. During no, that they mini were challenge. That mini challenge. They got like day dragged up. I remember they put oh. on a little bit of a because they. I remember like Alaska. That was the one. Yeah, where she like had really crazy makeup on. Yeah, they had okay. like a, a, a funereal drag on. Oh wow! Okay, a funereal. Love mm-hmm. it. Uh, dirge like. Dirgy. Yeah. <laughs> dirgy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, it's so dirgy. <laughs> as long as we are in Untucked for the moment, we have to talk about – this was also my pick for a clip of the week. Katya as the Cowardly Lion. Oh, my God. It, <laughs> I it, forgot this existed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So – weird and wonderful and like and watching it now right like five years later four and a half five years later it's like this like none of us were prepared for how in love we were gonna be with this woman you know right right i mean this could be its own character like this could be a cameo Mm -hmm. in in a remake of the wizard of oz you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. she could play the cowardly lion with an identity crisis (laughs) yeah and and i love just like the the other queen's appreciation of it yes you know there isn't like an eye rolling or like oh god here she goes like i think that's part of what sells katya through is that everybody loves this in the room no one's threatened by it like they can sit around and say i'd be happy if she won that'd be right. fine she's it's, great it's, it's different than like a scarlet envy or Alyssa edwards you know doing their shtick around the workroom where yes. the other queens are like "Ugh, stop it exactly but katya's katya doing it they're like this is fucking awesome <laughs> yeah which just makes like two episodes from now to like that the, the hello kitty challenge like that much harder because you're like, oh my, like at that point she's won another challenge 
everybody's just like, okay, here we go, top five. Like, Mm. she makes it to that cusp, you know? Right. And it's just, like, devastating to watch her because you kind of know early in the episode, all right, I don't think she's got this. But you just, like, deny it the whole time, you know? What's the lip sync? Maybe we should just wait till we get there. I forgot what the lip sync was. Oh, it's it's Roar by Katy Perry. Oh, It's a great lip sync. They both kill it. Who's she against? Kennedy. Oh, it's it is Kennedy. Okay, I think I do remember this. I think oh, I do yeah. remember this. Okay. It's yeah, it's incredible. Right. I can't wait to talk about that episode. Uh, in stark contrast to this lip sync, uh, to a very good song, I did like really don't care. It mm-hmm. almost reminded me of like writing on the wall, you know, Chichi Devane. I really don't care. It's a very Pearl song. You know, well, yeah, exactly. No, totally. It's one of those like ironic songs, like I was gonna cancel with Jasmine Masters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those yeah lip sync ironies. Um, what was the one? Uh, oh, Break Free when Jaden was was in ah. prison. Yeah, uh, there's a whole. We did an episode about it. Where we talked about all the the lip sync ironies. But uh, yeah, this was. I wouldn't say this was like a good lip sync at all it was it was really underwhelming i i mean i loved fame spinning but i also thought it was a perfect opportunity for fame to take off the gown and reveal something underneath and she must have known going into the runway that she didn't she was probably going to need to prepare for a killer lip sync yeah so like that was a perfect look to do something like that yeah right right like i i feel like this was I mean, this if fame were to, like, pull this out, this would be an opportunity for her to, like, let go and just, like, sh- like get really ugly with them. Like, I think that's what they needed is, like, if she got real, real ugly in this lip sync, she would have won because that's all they wanted to see because the ugly would have meant the real, you know? The ugly would have meant the real. Absolutely. We would have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. We would have seen it. And it, it would have been – I just – yeah, I think, it, I think that's, like – because the ugly, like, ugly is very much in quotes. You know, ugly just means not trying to show a certain side of yourself, you know? Ugly means you're taking the risk that they're going to see you at all angles. Yes, yes, there, uh, yes. Uh, but also uh, maybe even a character, right? Certainly, yeah. I mean, like, and I think that's part of it, too, is, like, the risk of playing a character, of, like, yeah. of of embodying something that doesn't shine you in the best light, but tells, like, aesthetically, but, like, tells a strong story i think of even even detox in all stars four when she came out in that uh like latex suit and you know we saw the we saw the seams of her skull cap but we forgave mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. because it was such a risk to look oh the silver look yes yeah totally where i was like okay obviously i see some of the seams but you didn't like have eight hours to paint this on so like Overall, this is amazing. Yeah. And again, I like drag where the illusion is not the religion. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. Right. Where, like, it's not – it doesn't live and die by the, oh, wow, I had no idea there was a man underneath. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I don't like that type of drag. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think that that's such a one-trick pony, right? Like it's not, that's well, I should, all I, yeah, it is. Right, right, right. I should, I should, I should say it's not that I don't like that type of drag. I have an appreciation for you know the glamazon or uh, what did Simon Dunning call it, the Medusa. Um, mm-hmm. But I, the lethal drag. But I appreciate when I'm in on the joke. It's not this pedestal. 
Yeah, I kind of I enjoy being winked at and being told, yeah, you get it, you know, yeah, like and right. I think and I think that's what Katya does. You know, it's kind of oh, like totally Katya makes people feel like they're in on the joke. Uh, what a fantasy. What a yeah. fantasy. And not for nothing. When Katya, uh, she, I think she started out playing Dawn and we got to hear her. Mm-hmm. She totally could have been Dawn also. Oh, I mean, yeah, right. Because I think like she just understood like there's a certain tone and aesthetic to appre- to approach John Waters content with, and like if you get that down, you'll be fine. Right. You know? Like right. you don't need to sing well in the John Waters challenge. Jesus, it's actually, don't sing well. Don't. Yeah. It's better that you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Don't sing well. Yeah. Like it's I, interesting. Like Ginger and Trixie. It's like well, it's right. great that you guys can sing, but like actually, what if you didn't? I mean, you mean carry a tune, Mary? Oh, yeah, I can I can hold a note. Yeah. Ugh, well, Lucian Piani said carry a tune, and I was like, there you go. That's the right oh, phrase. It, you know, <laughs> I guess this was before the meth and the AIDSy hobo dick. Yeah. It's so, it's so sad. It's, it, you know. So I, sad. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know where it is right now, yeah, but. I don't want to say any more about it, because in retrospect, it is all very sad. At the moment, like, our claws were out, but, like, mm-hmm. In retrospect, it's very sad. Oh, yeah. no. Like, what I see – I mean, and I think it, it kind of – I remember not long ago seeing some of it crop up again on social media, and hopefully someone's gotten their hands on them. But it's like what I'm seeing is, like, this is mental illness or drug abuse or both on full public display. Like, right. Right. it's very easy to take it out of context and say, oh, you said a problematic thing. You're canceled. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but, like – like context clues, Mary. <laughs> this guy's yeah. got problems. Con- yeah. yeah, context clues, and it reminds me of what RuPaul tweeted when she was like, "Have some compassion." Oh, like, and I and RuPaul I feel like said it, and I feel like people were like, "RuPaul, he's saying yeah. awful things. He said the N word," and it's like, yeah, yeah, he did. But like larger context, larger context. Right. There's something wrong here, you know. Right. He, yeah. he clearly wasn't like this before something happened. He would not have been in the world, in RuPaul's world, if he was regularly calling people the N-word. Yeah, like, I don't, clearly yeah. this is an anomaly, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe not an anomaly, but a complete transformation because of a catalyst, right? Yeah, like, this, this is just not consistent and not his character. And I feel like, I, I don't know. Yeah. There's Context doesn't exist in 2020, so... Yeah, well, this is definitely Lucian P on me because I'm like, this was a hot Lucian, right? This was prime <laughs> Lucian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lucid Lucian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lucian your belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lotion put it on me. Yeah. <laughs> Lotion up, girl. Yeah, Lotion yeah. up. Lucian Piani. <laughs> We're having way too much fun, Mary. Uh, Do do you have any other thoughts on the John Waters uh, Divine Inspiration Challenge for Drag Race? Um, No, I think that it is. uh, I I appreciate the education factor of teaching people who might not have been familiar with John Waters, like giving a bit of a primer. I think that's really cool. I think, um, you know. I think when I think of like RuPaul as like a reference queen, I think that he uses this platform himself to, to educate people on references, mm. mm-hmm. um, or he and his production group. And I think that that's like I just I don't know I just I love that I think that's great. I think if we don't make these references, we lose them. You know. Agreed. Um, have you have you and feel free to skip this question. Have you seen Pink Flamingos yet, Mary? 
No, I know, but I have not seen it yet. I know. I I know. I I think I remember a while ago when this topic came up, I was like, I can't believe you haven't seen this movie. I know. Uh, It is, it is disgusting and disturbing and worth one viewing. Yes, that's kind of, it wouldn't be a desperate living or a female no. trouble no, that you can go back to. Like female no. trouble, I was like, oh, this is a movie uh, I could go back to repeatedly. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great. Serial Mom. Yeah, there's, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Serial um, Mom is great. Oh, God, I love Serial Mom. I even love Pecker. Like, I, oh, I haven't yeah. seen Pecker. Yeah, I don't know Pecker. Yeah, um, no, Pecker, you will love Pecker because of the grandma in that. Uh, it she's insane. Um, oh well, yeah. I should you know stick with me because I have IMDb open all the time. <laughs> I just want to see who plays the grandmother before we. Um, full of grace, full of grace, full of grace. Full of grace. Well, oh, Christina Ricci's in it. Okay, oh, that's yeah. what she's in. Um, oh, Mink Stoll is in it, isn't she? Oh, she's wait. In most of them. Yes. So I'm looking through the cast. It's not Bess Armstrong, who I love. It's not Mary Kay Place, who I fucking love. Ah, what a cast! What a cast! It's a great movie. I don't know which one the grandmother would be. There's Patty Hearst is in it, Lily Taylor, Mink Stoll, Martha Plimpton. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I don't know who. Oh, it's um, it's me, Mama Jean Shirtler. Let's look at her. Let's see if I know Jean Shirtler. Oh, she looks great. Look at this goose. <laughs> look at this. Oh, she played the elderly lady in the invasion, and then she. <laughs> And she she's dead. Okay, she's dead. Um, oh, that okay. reminds me. There was a Zelda Rubenstein reference made in by Trixie. In yes, there was. This episode. I felt good about that. Love um, Trixie. <laughs> yeah, I like Trixie. Um, I Trixie. So this lady was in a movie called that I've heard of called The House on Sorority Row in 1983, which is a slasher okay. movie where sure. she played a nurse, and and maybe it was someone else with the same name, but then she does not have another uh, acting credit. Until Homicide, Life on the Street in 1995, where she okay. had a guest role. And then she played the grandma in 1998 in Pecker, which must have really launched her career because then she played grandma in 1999 in Runaway Bride. Oh. Then she played grandmother Foster in 2002 in Tuck Everlasting. Then John Waters is like, hey, Gene, Gene, it's me, John. Are you free? Do you want to be neuter grandmother on bus in A Dirty Shame in 2004? And she said, yeah, absolutely. And then because she had a little bit more in the tank, she decided in 2007 to play elderly lady in The Invasion, which was the Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake with Nicole Kidman that yes, you've seen. Yes, I saw it. Yes, yeah, I so you've it. seen her before. I guess uh, I have, yeah. I and I think I then she came to the conclusion that she had – she had given enough to this world, and she died in 2013. You know, it just goes to show you, you got to have grit. You got to stick with it, Mary, yeah. if you want to get shit done. Because maybe it's just not your time now, and you just got to keep working and keep going towards the goal. And it'll come out and pan out not the way you planned. Seriously, Jean Shirtler, she was 90 when she died. And if we discount her house on Sorority Row role, which probably wasn't very big, she was in Pecker in 98. So you do the math. She died 15. She started really her acting career in, when she was 75. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I hope she got one vacation out of it, the money. Yeah. You know? yeah. I hope so, too. I hope that she went to Kissimmee St. Cloud with that money. 
Yeah, I hope she wasn't just hanging out in the SAG After Lounge. You know what no. I'm saying? No, oh my God, just eating chips. Yeah. <laughs> Fritos. Yeah. Oh, there's Gene Shirtler over there yeah, with the yeah. Fritos. Yeah, she has Can't to eat get... the Fritos because it's only got one ingredient, you know? Yeah, she yeah. loves the Fritos. Soon the Accessoride bus is going to get here and it'll take her home. But uh... Gene Stapleton, sorry. Gene Shirtler. Uh, <laughs> Gene Shirtler. Um, something told me not to discount Gene Shirtler. Gene Shirtler. Uh... <laughs> Infamous grandmother. Full of grace, full of grace. Um, Mary, I think we should leave it there. What do you say? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, On Gene Shirtler. Gene Shirtler. Uh, sure. Yeah, I can. Uh, Gene Shirtler. Sure. Gene yeah, Shirtler. Um, uh, Mary, I, before we end, there is one thing I just want to say because you kept saying sure and Shirtler. And so then I thought of the Vixen saying share, share, share. Uh, I uh, moved. I you don't remember the Vixen saying share, share, share during the share challenge? Oh, with, I've, with RuPaul? I've blocked all of that out. <laughs> you, you hated season 10. I hate um, season 10. Uh, so listen, so I moved a lot of my stuff out today. Um, and by moved a lot of my stuff out today, for Christmas, I gave my sister my dining room table and three of my mirrors. Wow. And so, you know, I hired a van to go deliver it to New Jersey and give it to her. Um, and the, 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 one of the moving guys, his name was Cher. Wow. C-H-E-R? S-H-E-R. Ooh. Was he, was that like a, I don't know why I'm thinking that's like a Middle Eastern name. Yes. He was, I, if I had to guess, I would say Israeli. Ooh. And he's a Israeli cute. <laughs> I don't know where that moving guy is, but is but he's really late. I <laughs> uh... I hope he wraps those mirrors in some oig of felt. <laughs> oh my god! No, he was he was very he was really efficient. He was really nice and. Uh, yeah, I love using this company. Um, I've been using this company for the past 10 years in New York. Uh, so, Is this um, that moving company? I feel like I use the same one. Oh, yeah. I think it's Dynamic the one I recommend. Movers. Yes, yes. You're right, oh, Gary. Yes. They're great. What a yeah, deal. I yeah. know. They re- it is what a deal. Yeah. What a hitter. What a league. What a deal. Um, what a deal. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Mary, sorry for the tangent. Um, this was a really fun episode to recap because we were just kind of – talking and i i love our discussions colin so mary's i hope that you found something to chime in on uh so if you have any thoughts on this episode feel free to reach out to us on twitter at all right mary or you can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or www.tasteofreality.com backslash all right dash mary uh you can also email us at all right mary podcast at gmail.com or find us or find me on instagram at johnny also or twitter at johnny also one and of course you can hear more of me on my podcast in the details a celebration of nuance or best supporting podcast a celebration of best supporting actresses with nick kachanoff uh you can get more of me on twitter at colin drucker instagram at colin drucker underscore and you can get more of both of us including a bonus episode every single week including our series of christmas matreons this month at patreon.com backslash all right mary I love it. Uh, We are doing Home Alone 2 next, as we mentioned 
earlier in the episode, uh, and a and a fun one to end the the December month. Uh, it's just kind of a stone in my pocket, and I don't want to say what it is, but oh sure, sure, it's it's got a familiar vibe to it. But, yeah, we'll uh, keep we'll keep it in the family. You know what I'm yeah, saying, Mary? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <gasps> um, we'll try not to spill the casserole or the beans. <laughs> Hints. <laughs> uh, does anybody know where we can get a little pot? <laughs> hey, hey, you! <laughs> I I'm dying because I, I know there's like seven people who are like I know what they're talking about. <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe you're pointing at him. All right, um, Mary, uh, why don't you tell our Marys what the last chance lip sync is for this week? Well, in honor of our Cosmic Queen departing, we are uh, keeping it spacey, and we are doing... Not Kevin, though. Um, (laughs) Kevin! (laughs) Kevin! Kevin! (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, man. Someone needed to scream Kevin a long time ago to Kevin Spacey. Uh, He's such a disease. He's such a disease. Yeah. Look what he did, you little jerk. A little jerk. Someone needed to leave him behind a long time ago. Uh, anyway, um, this of course is not about Kevin, uh, <laughs> Costner. <laughs> What's your name? Kevin Costner. <laughs> Can you get him? Jane. Can you get him? Can Jane. You Can you him? get him? <laughs> I think with her purse still in her hand. <laughs> And maybe the wine glass as well. It's really Can magical. Get him? Can you get him, Jane? <laughs> uh, can you get him? Get him, Jane. Can you get him? Oh, man. Oh, God. Anyway. You're the monster, Val. You're, You're the, the monster. monster, Val. There's no voice. You're the monster, Val. I'm the monster. When I'm she says monster. that, I just die. I die. You know what's crazy about that moment? So you probably don't remember, like, the sweater that Pauly G's wearing in that scene. It's, oh. like, gray with stripes across yes, the chest. Yes, I do. I do. As we're recording, I'm wearing that sweater. No. Yeah. No, you're not. Talk about a weird synchronicity. Yeah. Ugh. Um. Talk about Pauly a G. cosmic coincidence, which there brings go, us Mary. back to our last chance lip sync, uh, which, of course, is Cosmic Love by Florence the Machine. I love it. Ugh. Yeah. Dog so, days uh, are over. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, howl it out, girl, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, Marys. Bye. Bye.